Live coming back at you with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast and our esteemed host, the creator of Lakers Fast Break, has decided to go on a well-deserved vacation. So while he's on hiatus, he's given the keys to his baby, to Mr. Joe Sorrow, and today Joe is letting baby bro drive the car. I am your host today, Magic Man, a.k.a. Sean Grice, and my esteemed guest, Joe Soro. And we're coming back at you on a Monday to discuss some NBA observations. And uh, why don't we just kick it off? Joe, what's on your mind right now? Well, and then the announcement by uh, the NBA and the, and, and the Players Association uh, about setting a game limit on awards the details haven't come out yet on what those would be but it's a start and it's looking like the momentum that's saying momentum i feel like the last few weeks because that's what everything is these days yes. the, towards towards uh eliminating load management is starting uh i had sent out an email to the group and nick Molina made a good point about he doesn't know if it's going to be enough. Uh, he thinks that it should be tied to the to the pocketbook more more so than anything. And there's some truth to that, uh, absolute truth to that. But I think that's a more mucky area when you're talking about the money because then how are you going to prove someone isn't injured, right? So. How do you in order to get somebody? Yeah, yeah. In, in order to get this next CBA finished, completed, and not and avoid a lockout or a strike, I don't think the players would ever strike, anyways. But definitely mm -hmm. a lockout. Uh, I think this might be the compromise. Well, if if you guys are not going to take less money, and then the owners are not going to lessen the games, then here's the deal: we're gonna. If you don't play more than 68 games throughout the year, or I would put it at 70, hopefully, then you don't qualify to win the MVP. Now, how does that play out in the end? There's really only five to six guys a year that are going to really warrant an MVP candidacy, right? So that's that's not going to matter for the guys that are not MVPs. And, and there's a lot of really good all-stars out there, really good players that we know will never win an MVP. So mm -hmm. I don't know what that does to them. I don't think that affects them. But it will affect uh, the Giannis's. It will affect the Anthony Davis's for the next few years. Uh, so we're going to – we're we're going towards that way, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to get tweaked here as time goes on. But it is a good start, and we'll see how it progresses next year if they implement it next year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's kind of funny you were speaking speaking on this voting stuff. You know, it's it's a lot of times it's very arbitrary, and it's very uh, just very superficial. Uh, we kind of saw the absurdity of it when uh, Dan Lebetard once sold his uh, his Hall of Fame vote. So we know how uh, fickle and just really. Like there's no standard, right? There, there's, there's. Everybody has their different preferences, and so that the like you said, Joe, it's very, it's very abstract when you get into the weeds. 
that's that's for another discussion but that that would be interesting too um so if if you see this progressing the way you do towards the end point what do you think is the end game here because you brought up an interesting point there you said you said the players wouldn't strike it would be the owners who would strike and i agree with you i don't think there's no way in hell the players would would uh, opt for a strike not in this day and age not when players are getting paid an average of what four million dollars now in the nba yeah they're never going to strike the nba players will never strike we saw in 2011 the nfl get this close to go on a different route and missing regular season games and the uh nfl players wilted like a weak popsicle sticks <laughs> Uh, they could have buried Goodell and the owners if they had just held off, but they can't. They they need that money, and the owners know they need that money, and there's nothing that they can do about it. So it's just one of those things where you're just gonna have to come to come to grips that you're gonna, you know, your clientele is not gonna go anywhere. You know that they 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 need the money, and a lot of these guys are living ch- paycheck to paycheck, so they're not gonna risk that one week, that two weeks of money. And they know that. And if you know you've got the leverage, you you can basically do whatever you want. Uh, how this plays out in the NBA, uh, and I've I've kind of pushed this uh, the last few years. I haven't gone into too much detail on it, but if you're if you're if these road trips are getting difficult for these players to do, or just the schedule in general, then you need to start making the NBA more regional and stop having them. Uh, play four games against each team and having them going back and forth so much. Maybe you should start uh, making the divisions matter. And 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 I, I think I heard someone say one time, well, do we really want to see Memphis and the Lakers play eight times a year or Phoenix and the Lakers play eight times a year? I said, and, and, you know, people get sick of it. I said, you know, what's funny? He said that that's actually what you want. You want it so – that's how rivalries are born, right? I've I've had that. I feel like that's happened while watching games. There's certain teams we will play three times in, in in like three weeks, right? And I'm like, I'm really sick and tired of playing this team. That's how rivalries start. So if you want to stop uh, the, the the little uh, crybabies from from being you know uh, working too much, getting paid forty million dollars a year, uh, then then make it more regional, make it more uh, less travel and have, have the divisions matter at this point and see if that can create some buzz instead of going through all this trouble of going through in-season in, in tournaments and play-ins and all this. I just, I just think you should simplify it if and you can and try to, try to make it worth everyone's while without you know, adjusting too much to where the tra- integrity of the game is compromised. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, like just just speaking matter-of-factly, I mean, that's one of the few logical, reasonable concessions that the league and the players might have to accept if they want to keep this uh, load management crap and they want to make sure that the salaries just keep going up because we know the cap's going up to 175 mil pretty quick. So if uh, nobody wants to upset the apple cart here, 
it's best tip for everybody to find reasonable solutions, Joe. And that's one of the better ones. Yeah, the upsetting the, the apple cart is, is code for I don't want to lose money. Yeah. The owners don't want to lose money or the players. They have the TV contracts well in hand, despite what's been going on with Bally's. Crazy money. Crazy um, money about to be. The salary cap going up will will always be the determining factor of whether your league is successful or not. If the salary cap is going up, that means the league is making more money this year than it did last year. Mm-hmm. Therefore, all the hot talk, all the hot air, I should say, from the quote-unquote general public or you know casual fans means nothing. And COVID, the COVID year should have should have taught you that they don't care about you, and they don't care if you're in the stands. You are a cherry on top of the cake, okay? They already have the cake uh, baked. They have the icing. They have that little uh, whatever the hell that swirl is on the side. They have the little fruits on there. The frosted you know, swirl, that's, yeah. that, that's in and around that, 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 that three-layer cake. And then all you are is a cherry on the top. Now, you can live without the cherry. You know, some I know people that just take the cherry, throw it away. I eat it. I, mean, I like it, but you're we're we're cherries. Okay, the gambling has taken on a whole new. I mean, gambling's always been there, but it's of never course. been this accepted, right? Yeah, no so one's talking about that. Yeah, so now you got housewives, you got all these regular people probably betting. Uh, as long as you're in a state that's legal, that, that's legalized, but I'm sure mm-hmm. that the illegal sides of things they can kind of circumvent with a with a good VPN. Uh, and we're here sitting here complaining about something that likely is, it doesn't matter because the numbers are saying that you don't matter. We are getting our money one way or the other. And there's nothing you can do about it. Cause you would think that after all the cord cutting the last probably five to 10 years, you would think that these contracts would get, you know, compromised to some degree. Uh, it's quite the, quite the difference. It's actually gotten bigger. Uh, streaming sites. I mean, mm. I, I I don't know. That's I'm not a, a big. I'm just not a big fan of streaming because your 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 programming is uh, dependent on your internet. So if your internet tends to be slow and you got to turn it off, now you have to stop your viewing and go another route. I hate that. That's why I continue to have Direct TV as a TV source because I don't have to worry about my internet going out, and not being able to watch TV or get onto my phone. There's a certain technology that you can't defeat. And to me, reliable satellite or ca- or, or direct cable uh, is going to always be the last line of defense in my book or downloading what you want to watch. Um, and that's kind of where, where I stand on that. But anyways, the, 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 league, the league is healthy. It's, it's prospering. Yet... We're sitting here complaining about its mechanics. Maybe it's just us. That's at the end. At the end of the day, that's maybe it's just us. That's it. That that's quite possible. Um, you know, there's just been, you, you know, it it it's interesting when you put all this into perspective because back in 1998, okay, uh, Game Six. Michael pushes off, makes a shot. 
Do you know how many people were watching Game Six of the NBA Finals that year, Joe? Uh, I believe it was. What was the rating on that one? I think it was like a twenty-eight or something. It was. It was thirty-three point six million people. Yeah. And, and and the 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 population in the United States back then was a lot less than it is now. And there was a, I think there was a, a study that said there was a basically a TV in every three households in the United States, and every TV that that uh, was watching Game Six at some point, at some point. Now, move forward, right? When you, it's interesting when you talked about the 2020 bubble, the highest rated finals game for 2020 bubble was five so explain explain those machinations to me because i'm you know we're hardcore fans we're not the casuals nobody comes here for casual conversation so when i think about something like that i agree the league is healthy and in, in some ways it's been it's been been benevolent or globally rather than ignoring what's going on here because they don't like you said they don't really care what's going on here but the numbers suggest more people are watching game uh game six in 98 than in 2020 now contrast that with the nfl in 1998 do you remember who played in the super bowl joe You're on mute, Joe. Are you talking about the 98 season? Yes. So the 98 season was Denver against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. That's right. Yeah. Over 75 million people watched the Super Bowl that year. Do you know what do you know what the, the rating was on the last one? What was it, 116, I think? Yeah, crazy. So you've doubled that. The NFL has basically doubled their audience in the same amount of time, whereas the NBA has kind of gone down a little bit. As far as, you know, basically basically being um, a national sport, so to speak, because NFL, NFL is the king, right? Like nobody will ever supplant the NFL in American sports. As hard as they want to, so if you're if you're hoping for second, would you say the NBA is second or Major League Baseball is second, Joe? I've always said that the top three, and this has been thirty years, that it's always been the NFL, NBA, and ML, MLB in in order. The NBA uh, took over officially, in my assessment, during the '94 uh, strike. Uh, well, the 94 strike was not good, but Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa brought it back four years later. So I can't really hold on to the 94 strike too much because it was it came back with a vengeance with that home run chase. Touché. And the coverage, the coverage of sports has changed uh, in a lot of ways. The marketing of certain players has changed because, you know, you can look back on the 90s and say, well, Michael Jordan was a marketing marvel that's still never really been matched and probably never will be. Uh, I think the only one that I would say that might be close would be maybe Bo Jackson. But um, 
but Bo Jackson was a reluctant star. He he did he he was a very he was very country, you know. Even though Jordan did come from country himself, I think Jordan embraced the the glitz because he knew it meant something for the league. It meant something for his brand. Bo, Bo, and, Bo's preference was privacy. Bo's preference, uh, I don't think it's talked about enough. The, his upbringing and the way he carried himself was always 10 times better than what he actually was. As and an God athlete. bless him for what he did for the, the parents in Uvalde. Yeah. That was that was and that's not that's not something new, uh Sean. Dude, that, that guy has done stuff like that his whole life. I'm not talking about sports related, like Bo Jackson's values they they eclipse his his sports. I, I told you, you why I became a Raiders fan, Joe, and that he's the he's the only reason. Yeah, and and, and rightfully so, because again he, he epitomized uh uh greatness. He was he he epitomized a lightning bolt that just has not really re- ever struck uh, since. You just don't see that. You don't see I, the total. No, 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 no. The closest I've ever seen is Randy Moss's wide receiver, but I've not from I, from a athleticism standpoint. Absolutely, yes. Randy Moss, his. <laughs> His explosiveness was very. He was the Bo Jackson of wide receivers, no doubt. The first seven years of his league, of his of his career, I 100 percent agree on that. Uh, the going back to the to the to kind of the culture of sports in the 90s, you drew a rating that high because you had the greatest athlete the most popular person probably on the planet, maybe next to Michael Jackson at the peak of his powers who happened to have games that were so engaging. I mean, he, he, he seemed to always have those games where it was entertaining until the end. And then he closed it. Yes. You know, he's a showman. he, 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 it always worked out like that. And we don't really have that. We don't really have that now in a lot of ways. And at the same time, a lot of the athletes, a lot of the celebrities, a lot of the people on TV have been affected by societal's uh, needs and wants. Uh, the bubbles, the, the, the bubble uh, ratings were a few things that, that caused that issue number one yeah. uh, people didn't really take the tournament seriously so they weren't really interested mm-hmm. uh there was too big of a gap during that time and I, I don't think they they were able to acclimate themselves back into the an nba season after almost six months you also had the social oh, social situation what was going on a lot of people got turned off on that and then on top of that you yeah, it was a confluence of things. You, that, that, you, you that, didn't know. You, you didn't feel like watching sports at the time. You were yeah, of course concerned not. Of course about. Not. You, you know, after after about a month, Joe, I forgot about it, man. I really did. It's now, just, I'm not going to say it wasn't serious, though. I'm not going to say that the yeah. competition wasn't great because it was. I was watching those games, and those guys were playing, and it's still that court is still the same as every any other court, and that. 
location and that those rigorous rules played massive mind games on a lot of these guys. I joked about it, but not really about how it affected certain players because they were so used to certain freedoms that they weren't able to have during that time. And they couldn't put it on the back burner and say, look, we're going to take care of business and we'll be gone. Let's take care of business and be gone. And that's why I always try to give, it's going to always sound like I'm homering for my team, but let's look at it from an objective standpoint. The fact that the, that the Lakers put all that, you know, all those rigorous rules and, and demands behind them and focused on winning should be rewarded, not, uh, not uh, detracted. That, that was a difficult process to constantly be tested. And you can't walk. You, you, they were basically prisoners for thir- three months. They lived like prisoners. Um, not prisoners, prisoners, but it, it, they couldn't do anything. So rich you're, or not, you're guys. Confined. You're confined. You're confined. That's it. Confined. You were confined. Rich or not, guys, when you're when you're you're a mouse stuck in a box, you're 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 gonna go stir crazy. Yeah. So they should be that that to me evened out in terms of okay, well they didn't have to travel, they didn't have to do this. I like yeah, but they were sitting in their hotel room going nuts. You know that's the, just because hey, you anytime somebody play, walked outside, yeah, exactly. you can't do anything. Yeah. You can so, only play video games for so long. You can only watch movies for so long it gets it gets to you after a while and you know some people go a little squirrely it just they do they do naturally and we we've 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 probably started getting out of that funk because of the fact that the 2021 season had to start so quickly so maybe the health situation became exact was exasperated by that and it kind of still tailing into possibly 2022, but now it's starting to get to the point where, all right, guys, you've had a couple summers here that have kind of gone back to normal settings. Okay, enough of this taking days off every other day. Baseball players take a day off. It's accepted in that sport because they're playing 162 games, and you you got players that can cover you. You can't cover Giannis. You no. can't cover Steph Curry. This is a different sport. In the NFL, you can't miss games anyways because you don't get paid. You, you're sacrificing, you're risking, unless you're a quarterback, you're risking guaranteed money. And you're only going to get your money. Really, most of those guys only get one big contract in their in their careers. So they got to make a count. Um, but uh, where, where this goes, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing where it does go. It's a good start, I'd say. I, I didn't expect them to tie it to the awards. I thought that was kind of a, a cool setup, but we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see here how, where it goes once this new CBA gets uh, signed. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, as we uh, segue into what's going on on the court, uh, I'm currently watching the Memphis Grizzlies destroying the Dallas Mavericks. It's ninety six seventy eight with eight forty five left in the fourth quarter. Kyrie Irving is not playing. Make of that what you will, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because he will certainly be in the lineup Friday night. I can guarantee it. I guarantee he will be in the lineup for the Mavs on Friday. Uh, but 
looking at the Eastern Conference right now, Joe, here's here's how I break it down. You agree, disagree, hold on anything I'm saying, all right? So we got the beasts of the East. Basically got the Bucks, the Greenies, and the Sixers. That's your top three. Th- those three are the only ones who have legitimate chances of making a finals appearance and obviously a chance of winning it. Cleveland? Cleveland's probably going to win a round. And then after that, you look below, and while the Knicks defeated us yesterday, and congratulations, blah, 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 blah. I think the Knicks and, and Nets are playing for who's going down in six and who's going down in five, Joe, because I think whichever team plays the third seed maybe wins a game at, at the most. And I think the best that one of those teams could do against the Cavs would be a six-game series. So agree, disagree, hold. What do you think about the East right now? I, I agree uh, that the Eastern Conference will likely play out. The top four will, will be in the final four in the East. And then I could see a possible upset with Philly playing Boston in the second round. Uh, but if I had to choose, I'll say the Celtics and, 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 and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then that'll come down to who's who's likely the healthiest to, to get through whatever that series is. I That would be a pick em series if, if I had to pick today. Absolutely. Um, it, it It is uh, worth noting now that uh, Brooke Lopez has pretty much put himself in the pole position to win Defensive Player of the Year. He leads the league in blocked shots. He leads the league in contested shots. Um, you know, it's impressive the way he's changed his game, Joe, over the years because when we remembered him first coming into the league, he was basically a 2010 power forward who had a really nice mid-range game. He's been able to expand his game out and still maintain an interior presence, more so even. I really loved him as a Laker. I really wish we would have kept him because I think that would have been uh, a weapon for LeBron and somebody who obviously would have rapport with him on the court. Be that as it may, things happen the way they happen. But we got a chip, and he's got a chip. So let me get your quick opinion on Brooke Lopez possibly winning Defensive Player of the Year. This is almost like Marcus Saul winning the Defensive Player of the Year. It's coming out of nowhere. I did not expect Brooke Lopez in his double-digit seasons to be a force on defense, which only adds – to a more, uh, it adds more to the fact that Bud is uh, is a pretty damn good coach, and whatever, whatever Giannis and uh, and crew has kind of rubbed off on him. I mean, it's it's just remarkable that he's. I my brain couldn't register even two months ago that there was a possibility of Brook Lopez being a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I, I just I don't understand how that's possible. I really don't. But he's put in the work. Uh, I commend him for it. He got really good uh, with his three point shooting. So the guy seems to pick a some something during the summer when he's not doing a Star Wars thing. And <laughs> that's and Robin. He's, 
he's improving he's improving his his game his game where you never thought in a million years he'd be good at so i i i he's such a good dude too i mean he's just a good person so it adds to the fact that you you want to support him and 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 you're happy for him you're happy that he's he's gotten to this point in his career i i do remember that time uh that last season and he, he they didn't even i don't even think they even called him no just, i think he commented on it uh, magic didn't even give a damn whether he was yeah it was like, or not. Damn, like damn and and it's crazy you know you, you we think that guys like magic johnson the freaking basketball savants and the michael jordans you look back on some of their decision making in basketball the, the game they mastered they don't really know what talent is sometimes no of course yeah no of there's course, still tunnel vision hey man one way that they cannot yeah, well, figure off hell yeah i mean uh, i mean hell john elway's the best quarterback the denver broncos ever had joe and he could never find the next great denver bronco quarterback he couldn't find him he tried it brock osweiler oh god well, go, he was able on to and on and on and on with that guy. He, um, he brought he brought Manning in. I Acton thought that was Lynch. His, Jesus. He like, could he can hang his head on that. He brought he in did, Manning, but he could never find the guy in the draft. A young no. guy. It's hard, man. It's like it's often said, right? It's not a science. It's not like you. It's not like somebody's got a spreadsheet that says if you pick this guy. We project this is what's going to happen in five years, in seven years. And like, you just don't know. You just don't know. But you know what it is, Joe? A lot of those guys, and, uh, you know, I can't, I can't speak to magic, but we can only speak to what's happened in Charlotte, is that for some reason, Michael's surrounded himself with a lot of yes people. And I'm sure a lot of those people were basically saying to each other, he likes him? Really? When everybody knows, like, when he lost out, he really detests tanking. He hates it, right? But the one year he tried it, right? Do you remember that? It was 2012. He really wanted to get Anthony Davis, and that was all the talk, right, Joe? And then he ended up with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, and a lot of people are like, who? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not an exact science. It never is. You're never going to hit 100%. The the tanking method in the NBA is the one exception to figuring out you know, kind of figuring out how what's your next move is because the NBA is structured really in two ways. And Either you're going to compete for a championship or you're going to tread water long enough to make the playoffs, but you know you're not going to win anything. So you got to be either really bad or really good, and that's pretty much what it is. Uh, boy, that would have changed stuff, wouldn't it? Charlotte getting AD. Oh yeah. Wonder how that would have worked out, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if AD stays in Charlotte or continues to do what he did. Going to New Orleans was definitely not the good, not the right place. New Orleans is very similar to kind of Minnesota and those type places. You have to have something, something there that really kind of 
puts you up. I know Milwaukee uh, is the exception there, but, you know, with Giannis, Milwaukee was kind of known as the Siberia of the NBA as well. Yeah, I mean, really, the only guy Minnesota ever really hit on was KG. Yeah. That was it. You you tried to have something there with uh, Starbury and uh, Spree, and that was a very potent trio, especially defensively, because outside of Michael Jordan in the 90s, a lot of people would argue Latrell Spreewell is probably the best uh, defensive shooting guard. I wouldn't, but but some people would. Um, as we uh, segue back into the West, Joe, the West is a different story right now. So Denver is going to finish first. There's nobody that's going to uh, exceed them. They're, they're probably going to end up with around 57, 58 wins, all told. The two seed is up for grabs. It's basically probably it's going to be one of Phoenix, Memphis, or Sacramento. One of those three teams is going to end up the two. The other two, if they basically stay on the, a similar course, or even if they dipped a little bit, I would say those are your top four teams in the West. Denver, Memphis, Phoenix, and Sacramento. And differentiate the, the, the last three how you want. Uh, then after that, it's the, it's the shuffle. It's who's going to end up fifth. Who's going to end up sixth. And you got the Clippers, you got the Mavs, you got the Lakers, you got the Jazz, you got the Pelicans, you got the Thunder. Who do you think ends up in the fifth and sixth spot, Joe? Jeez. Uh, well, looking at what's going on right now, Miami's up by one with two and a half left. Memphis is going to beat Dallas. Houston's up 85-80 against the Celtics at the end of three. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea, honestly. This is the most mediocre West run I've ever seen in my NBA viewing life. The West you is have, bad. You have, you have five. This is just its mind-boggling to me. From five to 13 – it's only separated by four games in the loss column. Yeah, that's not. I just can't. I can't. I can't understand that right now. You're talking the 13th, guys. There's only one. There's only 15 teams in, a, in, a, in each conference, and the, the 13th right. team this late in the season is. I'm not even talking about the play-in. Forget the play-in. Playing two two games. I'm talking about the difference between the fifth seed. And the 13th seed is, is four games this late in the year. So I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I might as well just throw confetti in the air and see what kind of comes down. Yeah, if you, um, you're the great Kreskin, right? Yeah, I don't have – I have no idea, honestly. And it's going to come down to, honestly, for us as Laker fans, we're going to have to see if, if, if Anthony Davis can – Finish this season off without a game like he had the last couple nights, even though one was a win. Uh, he did take full blame for the loss this last time. Um, I don't know if his gameplay was was an issue more so than the fact that he missed four free throws, and it was usually he was incri- off all night. He was yeah. off all night, and I, I don't know. I just don't know if if AD has enough focus to dominate game in and game out. He's never really been that guy. 
He just never has. And uh, while I'm not trying to compare him to Shaq, Shaq has one MVP and an illustrious career, a dominant career, because he was not available in the regular season. He, yeah. he, he wasn't available. He was, in a lot of ways, the first kind of load management guy. Uh, without being a load management, but the thing oh, that made it when 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 he had that stomach muscle injury in that uh, in that second season, I was like, "Damn!" Like they they might have to sit him out like half the season because it's so serious. That that was the talk at the time, and yeah, you're right, Joe. To be to be fair, yeah, like Shaq was, yeah, he was sort of the first. Load management big. Now, now we didn't care because when he started playing towards the end of the year, Shaq didn't miss playoff games. He didn't. He was he was all there. So you 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 were okay with it. You were okay with him, and it was a little easier having Kobe backing him up too. Kobe having forty point average months while he's not playing. Right. Problem is we weren't winning those games a lot because we didn't have any depth. And we're we're in a position here in the West, fortunate for us being the, as bad as we are, that we are in a in a time at this moment where things are kind of even. So we have a chance to possibly jump up a few slots and and make up for all the bad that we've had the last uh, this last you know four months. So we're gonna we're gonna get a chance to see here probably within the next two weeks. You know, the next two weeks is gonna dictate kind of where where the standings are going to probably be after that. Yeah, I mean, who knows how it's going to shake out. It's like a piñata, man. Somebody's just going to hit it, and like you said, it's always just going to fly out all over the ground. We're going to see where everything is at at the end. I do not – but seriously, as a Laker fan, I do not want to go through this play-in shoot. Again, I don't want the play-in shoot in my life. I'd like to just get the sixth seed and just deal with that at the end of the day. Because I understand the plan Plan is here to stay. Not a huge fan of it. Don't dislike it either. But I just don't want my team to participate in it again with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, enough is enough. (sighs) Enough is enough, but we're going to have to sit and eat it. This is what we have. We don't have... Like, you you tell me I'm going to have to sit here and eat it. You know something, Joe? Let me tell you something, my friend. I've uh, I've been a Raider fan for well over 30 years, and when I found out they signed Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback, you know what image popped into my head? Five and twelve. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably that's probably what you are with Jimmy G as your quarterback, and uh, it's the life that we've chosen as a silver and black fans. It's this life. It's constant disappointment. It doesn't have to bleed over to the purple and gold, man. It just doesn't. Nobody wants this in the lake. We're used to winning 50-plus, 
going deep and possibly winning a chip. This playing stuff, it's great, but it's for other teams. It's not for us. It's not for us. So before we head on out, I just wanted to uh, ask you one more thing about uh, our NBA observations show, and that's this. At the end of the day, there's going to come ahead with what's ha- with what's transpired over the past few years. I'm talking about three three incidents in particular, and you're probably gonna know where I'm going with this. So, want uh, one one in the chamber ready? Ben Simmons, James Harden. What do you make of the situation now? Simmons still can't get on the court. At the end of the day, do you even think he's going to be in the NBA at the end of his contract, Joe? Yes, but I don't know what his next his next contract will likely be. One more team kind of trying to give him a shot, and then after that it will be done. Uh, ben Simmons is not mentally capable of having a NBA career. He's a mental midget with mental issues. Uh, it's going to sound insensitive how I'm, how my tone is in, in describing it. But I have said this a few times. I've had to repeat this. He was, he had the the issues mentally to not play, but his issues went away when he wanted his money. You know that's always the the interesting part. So you're 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 having issues, right? But yet you were well enough to press a button and saying, "I want my money." Though I often I often see him as the uh, NBA's version of Le'Veon Bell. I think that's a great comparison because both players were at the cusp of becoming Hall of Fame players. Yes, and completely butchered it. In a, yeah. in a season, in one season, I, I it's still mind-boggling to me how those instances happen. I really, I really can't figure out. I mean, they, well, we, we we've talked about this off-air, but uh, you know, we've got a few minutes here, so so on-air would be a great. You you and I have often talked about how wasted talent is a sin. To waste potential is a sin. It, it, it's not as if you didn't have it. You had it. You had all the ingredients. You just didn't go for it. No, because it's it's hard day in and day out to be dedicated. After a while, guys check out. Uh, the One of the examples I use of a, of a player that should still be playing uh, that that is gone, like he was gone even a few years ago, which is Cam Newton. Cam Newton came to the NFL in 2011. Granted, a lot of his game was a, you know, kind of a dual role of throwing and running, but in an NFL where you're protected, uh, he could have very easily developed a good pocket game and ran when he had to, but he never wanted to develop it, or he didn't, couldn't develop it for whatever reason. And it's 2023. Quarterbacks nowadays, 13 years in the league, should be still in their prime. He's gone. He's done. He's finished. He's wearing feathered hats and fur coats and doing fashion shows now. That's where his brain went. 
It wasn't focused on the game. He wanted to make his money. He wanted the fame. The second his athleticism went away and he needed to start using his brain, his brain melted and went into whatever it is the hell he he does now. So in a lot of ways, there are players out there that actually are still good players, great players, MVPs, whatever, that still could have done more if they were a little bit more focused. Shaq is, in my opinion, uh, a player that could have been still, even after all the accomplishments. Shaquille O'Neal should not have ever lost in 95 or in 04. He should have never lost those finals, number one, and he should have probably won eight titles for as dominant as he was. But Shaq cared about the little dumb things that didn't really matter in the end. Whether he regretted it or not, I don't know. Every time I hear him talk to Kobe in interviews, taped interviews and all those stuff, and, and man, we screwed up here, we screwed up there, I'm I'm a little bit jaded in, in, in believing that stuff. Shaq has a has had a habit in his life of kind of fibbing a lot or exaggerating things. Shaq did not like Kobe. No. And there was, okay, he did not like Kobe. Stop telling me it was marketing. It was not effing marketing, okay? You didn't like Kobe. He took your spot. You hated him for it because your ego got in the way, and that's what happens when you're at, at that level. And Kobe wanted to win without – and Kobe's fault was he didn't want to win with anybody except himself because he wanted to prove himself. And that was a detriment to team basketball. Maybe not a detriment to us, you know, as, as, as viewers, because for us, shoot, we, we had Shaq and Kobe for eight years, then we had Kobe for another 12 years. Cool. But I don't care about that stuff. I cared about winning. I care about championships. But these guys have other things on their mind, and we have to be the ones that have to watch basically grown men be caddy and 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 ruin what could have been bigger things. So yeah, it's uh James Harden trade has obviously become a very big win for the for the Sixers. And there's a slight chance, I mean a slight chance, that if they can get a couple bounces going their way, they could find themselves in the finals. Mm-hmm. And the West is not strong. The 20 19 Sixers were a sh- probably a shot or two away from probably winning the title that year. God, how much would that have been different for Ben Simmons if he had won a title that year, right? Maybe his oh, mental state doesn't go down, right? So if the Sixers can continue to kind of be what they are right now, which is, you know, there's a lot of good chemistry there. There's, I mean, I know Doc Rivers is still coaching, and I know he has issues closing out series, but I have a soft spot for, for Doc Rivers forever. Forever, no matter what happens, because I, I, and, and, and this happens to me sometimes. I cannot talk bad of Doc Rivers ever, as long as I'm alive, because of one interview. And it was because I, I, I felt like I was teleported into Doc Rivers' brain at that point. Him breaking down after Kobe died was one of the, one of the just still memories that explained the pain, the way his voice cracked, his demeanor. It was just, and I've never, I cannot talk bad about Doc Rivers after that, no matter what he does on as a coach, because I have so much respect and so much love for him at that moment. And in a lot of ways now, I'm kind of wanting 
I want I want them I want them to win. I want them to win in the East. Milwaukee's fine too, but I want no I would rather have Philly win than Boston. I, I, so I, I think ultimately, if uh, if it does if it does come down to a couple balls bouncing their way, I, I I've told this to Gerald, uh, and I'll say it again: if the Sixers do end up getting into the finals, it's going to be more so due to Tyrese Maxey than James Harden, because we know what Joel Embiid is capable of. He's going to bring it every night. But Maxey's the one who needs the ball in his hands at the end of games, not Harden, especially in the playoffs. We know the history with, with James Harden in the playoffs, and he knows it himself. Maxey is a gutsy, gutsy kid. He's got a lot of chutzpah, and he's got game to him too. He's um, If people thought Emmanuel Quickly was good, Tyrese Maxey's better than Emmanuel Quickly. And uh, he can f- light it up real quick. Uh, the Mavs and the Sixers played it a few days ago. The Mavs are up 25. As soon as they brought Maxi off the bench, the next commercial break, the Sixers are down by four. So he- he's going to be the difference, If if uh, I think, if they make an NBA Finals. And with that, uh, any parting thoughts before we go, Joe? Well, uh, Memphis beat Dallas. Utah loses to Miami. And Houston is beating the Celtics by nine with five eleven left in the fourth. So uh, we need the we need the Warriors to lose tonight against the Suns. So we're gonna we're gonna see how this plays out tonight, and hopefully uh, we go into New, uh, we play New Orleans uh, tomorrow and get that get that not only the win and go up one game, but also get the tiebreaker for the season. Yeah, something tells me the Suns win tonight. I don't. Golden State really doesn't have an answer for DeAndre Ayton. So I expect the Suns victory. With that, the Lakers will gain a half game on a bunch of teams. We need that. All right. So we're going to end the podcast right now. Happy to have my friend and colleague Joe Soro join me on Lakers Fast Break NBA Observations. Please hit the like and subscribe button. It'll help us out immensely. And with that, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you tomorrow night for the Lakers Fast Break post game.